At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bed Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us tonight on what looks to be a very busy night, specifically here in the Chicagoland area with the big news of Lonzo Ball with the sign and trade with the Pelicans and the Bulls. So exciting times potentially here in the Windy City. We'll uncover that all and keep you updated as we go on throughout the night. So stick around. We'll kind of give our two cents naturally and take a look at those betting odds and more signings, trades, all that good stuff throughout the NBA that will occur tonight. And speaking of tonight on the show, we'll have on Zach Cox, Patriots beat writer, what we're going to start doing. And primarily we've been doing this the past few weeks, right? And that's been delving into these NFL teams, specific teams, betting profiles, all that good stuff within their respective divisions. And we're going to do that with the Patriots tonight. I know we take or we took a look at a head-to-head with the Dolphins and the Patriots on Friday. Just want to get further along into them with Zach because a lot of questions arising with the Patriots, at least in my mind. Very excited to see what the dynamic is, what we can expect out of them, specifically offensively, if they have a chance to win the division. All of that good stuff with Zach, so we'll hit on that. Plus, we'll talk a little bit of college football. Don't forget the VEASAN College Football Betting Guide is out now. 
Gets you all the info you could ever want and need for the upcoming season. We'll preview Northwestern specifically and see how Pat Fitzgerald and company will fare this upcoming season in the Big Ten. Then we'll get into more NFL action with some quarterback props. We have plenty to get to with the quarterbacks, these several ones we have not touched on yet, so we'll see if there's any good betting angles with them. Then a late addition to the show, we got Amal Shaw, co-host of the Nuts. He will be talking about tonight's baseball slate uh, and also telling us if he has any team that he thinks would be worth a bet in terms of the futures now that we're post the MLB trade deadline. So a lot of exciting content to come your way here on Rush Hour. But again, let's start it with the big news in the NBA, the Chicago Bulls landing Lonzo Ball. And that was the expectation, right? You know that Arturs tried to do it during the trade deadline, but now it's coming to fruition in terms of free agency. So they're sending Sato, Thomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick to New Orleans for Lonzo Ball, who's going to be signing a four-year, $85 million contract. Now, again, they could obviously always match that, but for the reason that they're doing the sign-and-trade, it's probably the incentive that they're not going to match that, that Lonzo Ball will become a Chicago Bull. This is going to be a great addition to the Chicago squad that needs a facilitator, a true point guard, someone to assist Zach Levine, who can help just move things around and kind of get the flow going. You saw Lonzo Ball have his career high in pretty much every category this past season with New Orleans. And not only that, he's improved the shot a lot more so, too. And that was a concern with him coming into the NBA when he was on the Lakers, even when he was starting with New Orleans. But the form is getting a lot better. The consistency is getting a lot better. Oh, and let's not forget... He's a great presence defensively. He's going to help out in that area so much with Chicago defending the perimeter. So that is going to be a perfect addition for this Bulls team. And don't think they're done yet. They're going to be making more splashes as well. Reportedly, maybe DeMar DeRozan could be one of them. But we're going to be very interested here in the Chicagoland area to see what the Bulls do. As we look at their odds like we just had posted, they're 150 to 1 to win the NBA championship. To win the East, they're 80-1. to one. To make the playoffs, you could actually get some good value here relatively, 2-1. to one. For them to miss is minus 275. Look, again, they're going to have a new team here with better players who have more experience. To make the playoffs at 2-1 to one would be my favorite out of that list. And that may move down depending on what they do in this offseason. But take a gander at that with the Bulls to make the playoffs. But not only did the Bulls make some big moves early on, a lot of teams have, but specifically, how about the Miami Heat? Now, this is a team that we said keep an eye out for in terms of just pure value when they got posted originally a couple weeks ago right after the championship. They're 35-1. to 1. Now, I'm not saying to go run and bet that immediately, but the news is that Kyle Lowry is going to be doing a sign-and-trade with Miami. Reportedly, we'll be getting three years with $90 million for the veteran point guard who should fit nicely down in South Beach. So, again, the Heat are 35-1 to 1 to win the finals. They're just there two years ago. Still have relatively the same squad. To win the East, they're 16-1. to 1. To make the playoffs minus 275, to miss the playoffs for Miami is about 2-1 to one odds. But big news down in Miami, of course, Kyle Lowry with the sign and trade, or sign and trade, excuse me, seems very excited as he was posting on Twitter and Instagram immediately. So Miami could be another team to look out for before their odd shift. But again, 35-1 to one to win the finals for Miami, just a season removed from being in that spot. So again, we'll cover all the breaking news if there's any throughout the program, but exciting times here tonight on Rush Hour as we get you unveiled with all the big stuff in the NBA and football.
Once again, the show is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we're doing it live, as always, out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here on a Monday evening with all the exciting news throughout the National Basketball Association. Lonzo Ball reportedly going to the Bulls. Kyle Lowry also doing a sign-and-trade going to the Miami Heat. We were just looking at some of those updated odds throughout the NBA, and again, we'll keep you updated and give you all the info as more news breaks out throughout the association. But not only did we have big news today in the NBA, unfortunately we had some more so official news in terms of the NFL that I wanted to talk about first before we bring out Zach Cox, Patriots beat writer. And we'll focus, of course, primarily on New England and the AFC East. But we got to talk about the Indianapolis Colts to get things started because Carson Wentz looks like he will be getting that surgery on his foot that's going to be putting him out for about 5 to 12 weeks. So very unfortunate news for not only Carson Wentz, but obviously Indianapolis with a team that was really pretty stacked all around. And obviously they still are, but you know their odds naturally shifted pretty dramatically. The Titans now the favorite to win the division, minus 134. Those odds courtesy of Bet Rivers. And the Colts dropped the plus 180. You get the Jags at 6-1 to one and the Texans at 28-1. to one. Now, what do the Colts do next? I and mean, we'll talk about that a little bit more so tomorrow. But you have Jacob Eason as their backup, Sam Ellinger as well. And that's not really who you want to roll with going into this season, right? So, of course, there's been a lot of speculation. Maybe a guy like Marcus Mariota, maybe Nick Foles could be an acquisition that would be necessary for this team. Because, again, they have so much talent around themselves, a great offensive line, good skill players, Jonathan Taylor, he was breaking out last year. So, look, if they get a guy who can be sufficient enough to play the quarterback role, this Colts team could certainly still win the division. And if you think they make a decent enough move to do so, then certainly now getting the value with them at plus 180 ain't too shabby. But what's more interesting to me is because when we look at a lot of these season win totals, the Colts were one of those question mark teams. Because when I look at the win totals, you know, I separate it with winnable games, losable games, and toss-up games. And more often than not, the Colts ended up in the spot of a toss-up game. Because, again, they are stacked pretty much everywhere else. But quarterback was the big question. Was Carson Wentz going to be able to bounce back from Philly? Was he going to be able to flow smoothly with this Colts squad right away? A lot of unknowns and uncertainties with the Colts. But what we do know now is that Carson Wentz will miss a significant amount of time getting the foot surgery, 5 to 12 weeks, and now we see Tennessee as the favorite to win the division, minus 134 in the AFC South. So, uh, again, we'll see how those odds shift throughout the coming weeks and seeing what the reports are for the quarterback. But that's the biggest news really out of the NFL tonight. Again, momentarily, Zach Cox will be joining us, Patriots beat writer. We're going to be getting into New England because talking about quarterbacks, not that there's necessarily a quarterback competition per se, but we'll see what everything's look like with Mac Jones in New England and if Cam Newton's kind of getting back to his normal self. That was the big issue with New England this past season. They couldn't generate any offense, right? No consistency on that side of the ball. The run game was fine as we looked over their DVOA numbers for this past season. We talked about that on Friday, but their passing game was just atrocious. And they and they pick up some decent guys in terms of tight ends, Hunter Henry, and then, of course, Jonu Smith, who had a really great season this past year with Tennessee. So can New England really take advantage of this situation now because also – we have to remember defensively, they started out pretty solid, but then took a little bit of a bad turn. So 
it's going to be fun times in New England up in Foxborough, especially right away when they get to see uh, their former quarterback, Tom Brady, in this upcoming season. But let's get into it a little bit more. So with Zach Cox, Patriots beat writer, who you can follow on Twitter at Zach Cox Neeson. He also does a co-host with Neeson Patriots Podcast, so he has you covered for everything um, over at Nesson. So uh, Zach Cox, ladies and gentlemen, joining us now. Zach, we appreciate you joining us. And like we were talking about with New England, Again, I mean, a lot of uncertainties in terms of the offense, at least with Cam Newton. But what have you been seeing in training camp as of this point? And what do you expect just out of a broad scheme out of New England this year? Yeah, that, that obviously is the, uh, the number one uh, storyline here in Patriots camp is that battle between Cam Newton and Mac Jones at the quarterback position. Uh, I think it's too early to make any kind of uh, definitive conclusions out of that. But uh, I think if I was... Uh, making a prediction right now, I, I do think that Cam Newton is going to be the Patriots starter in week one. Uh, I just think that Mac Jones is going to need to significantly outplay him in order for Cam Newton to... Or, <clears throat> Looks like we dropped Zach a little bit there, but we'll reconnect with him in just a second. And basically what he was alluding to, again, is the assumption is that, yes, Cam Newton is going to be the starter, but what will it take for maybe to see a shift in any kind of way for this New England team? I mean, Mac Jones, a lot of people were high on him. A lot of people thought he would fall, and that's what ended up happening to New England. So, again, we'll see what happens between the quarterback battle. And those odds were up there, but certainly hugely in favor of it being Cam Newton. I think they've been removed as of late, but Cam Newton was like over a $3 favorite to be the starter, which presumably he will be. And if we look at their win total, nine is what it's sitting at. It is shaded to the over, minus 150 for New England. The under is plus 123. And again, like we were talking about on Friday, I pretty much envision this squad getting at about nine and eight. So right there at nine. So to me, it's not really worth betting the over at minus 150, banking on them to get that 10th win. I think it's more so realistic that they could slip to eight based on maybe the lack of quarterback playing dominance in that position more so than them getting to 10. So again, this is kind of one of those unbettable things to me that you just stick away with. But if I had to do it, probably look at the under for the plus money, if anything. They don't have that bad of a schedule, right? And, you know, defensively, again, that's the thing that concerns me because if their offense is still going to slack, where are they going to pick up the pieces? Certainly they had some guys opt out last season, but they have a lot of chances to improve on that on the defensive side of the ball. So let's go ahead and reconnect with Zach once again. And, Zach, I was just talking about the season win total now. I know we were talking about the quarterback discussion but the win total for New England is set at 9 at Bet Rivers. The over is a decent favorite here, minus 150, and the under is plus 123. If you have to put a number on it right now, how many wins do you see New England ending up with based on their schedule? I would say probably 10, maybe even 11. I mean, even if, the, even if this was a, a traditional 16-game NFL season, I think I still would have picked the Patriots to win double-digit games. I just I think they've improved their roster enough this offseason that, uh, at least on paper, I mean, if, if the Patriots could go 7-9 and nine with what they had last season, I absolutely believe they can be uh, a 10 or p perhaps even a, an 11-win team, especially now that they're going to be playing 17 regular season games. And uh, I heard you mentioning the, the, the defense before I came back on here. Uh, I think the defense has a chance to be very good for the Patriots this season, maybe not quite up to the uh, – the heights that they were at early in 2019, but you look at a lot of the pieces they added on that side of the ball, a lot of the pieces they're getting back, especially Dante Hightower there. 
I think that even if the Patriots' offense isn't uh, isn't a, a prolific uh, a prolific unit over there, especially in the passing game, uh, I still think the Patriots can win a lot of games with defense and uh, and the ground game this year. For sure, and that's what a lot of people I think are starting to forget or have forgotten is that the Patriots really didn't have a lot of pieces on the defensive side of the ball. So once they get those guys back and the additions that they already have coming in, like you mentioned, this Patriots defense could be very solid. Now offensively, they certainly had a couple of additions with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. How do you think that dynamic's going to work with this offense? Is that going to be something we see as an immediate impact? Because, of course, the passing game was lackluster, if anything, this past year. So how do you think that's going to affect this team on that side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, look, the Patriots probably had the worst tight end group in the entire NFL last season. Uh, they only had 18 catches by tight ends all of last year. Uh, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, John Smith both hit those numbers themselves within the first couple of games of last year. So uh, they're absolutely going to be better at that position. And the, the biggest question is how those guys are going to sort of gel together as what a lot of people expect to be a, a very, uh, an offense that's very, very reliant uh, on 12 personnel with, with two tight end sets. And with the, this Patriots offense traditionally has been difficult for pass catchers, even veteran pass catchers to come in and pick up right away. So that's going to be a big question coming into this season. How are Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, and then even Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, the two wide receivers they brought in, how are they going? How are those guys going to pick up this offense? And, and is it going to be a, a situation where they have some growing pains in the passing game uh, early in the year, especially if there's still some uncertainty at the quarterback position? So uh, I think there are a lot more variables and a lot more uncertainty on the offensive side of the ball uh, than there are on the defense uh, with, the, with the Patriots going into this year. Absolutely. And speaking of defenses, how about another team in the division that has a solid one, and that being the Miami Dolphins. Now, you know, before I brought you on, I was kind of talking about how last week I was doing a head-to-head -head betting profile with both Miami and New England, and they're virtually the same in terms of their odds. And I think it's going to be very interesting, the two games they face against each other, specifically in week one. Uh, what do you think the problems that Miami will present to New England? I mean, who do you think has the advantages? Because I think week one is, is always kind of tricky to kind of gauge what you can expect out of each team because you don't just have a week to prepare or even a bye week. You have the whole summer virtually. So uh, what do you think happens in week one? And then by the end of the season, who do you think ends up with a better record between the two teams? Yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of that is going to, going to depend on the quarterback play on both sides. I mean, I think if, if Tua Tungavailoa sort of settles in and, and takes some strides in year two and, and really becomes a, a competent NFL quarterback, uh, I think the Miami Dolphins can be a playoff team and a double-digit win team. Um, and the same goes for, for, the court, for whoever is going to be the, uh, the Patriots quarterback on that side. It is going to be interesting to see that in week one because these two teams played in the first week last season as well. And the Dolphins really just looked kind of out of sorts. It didn't really look like they, uh, they, they were fully ready and had fully sort of gotten to know each other because um, they did uh, a similar thing to what the Patriots did this past off season. They added a ton of free agents uh, before last season. Obviously, it, uh, with them, it was a little bit more difficult because they didn't have the preseason, they didn't have the full offseason program. But it, it is just sort of evidence that when you add this many new pieces to one team, it can take a little while for them to settle in. So uh, I wouldn't be overly surprised if the Patriots 
come out in, in the first couple of weeks and look a little discombobulated just while all of those pieces are sort of settling in and, and figuring out where everybody sits in in the right spots. Yeah, we see New England a two-and-a-half point favorite for that week one matchup, but you're right. Could take a little bit of an adjustment period for both teams, but even more so maybe New England. So uh, that'll be a very exciting game to look forward to in week one. And, Zach, before we move on, because I want to talk about the Bills before we let you go, what I think is interesting, because you mentioned that you think the Patriots could end up in the 10 to 11 win range. Now, their odds to make the playoffs, yes, is actually the slight underdog, plus 125. The no is minus 152. Certainly the Bills are going to present some problems in terms of winning the division. But in terms of a wild card spot with the expanded playoffs, you think the Patriots have a legitimate shot ending up there and you would bet more so on them to make it rather than miss? I think I would, yeah. I don't view them right now as a... I guess they are they are a contender in the AFC, but I certainly wouldn't view them as a favorite in the AFC. I think that's definitely going to be the Buffalo Bills, but with, uh, again, just all of the, the additions that the Patriots made this offseason, you, you really look at every kind of roster hole that they had going into the offseason, uh, they've pretty much patched all of those. I mean, tight end, they went and got the, the two best tight ends on the market. Ed Rusher, they go get Matt Judon, they bring back Kyle Van Noy. Wide receiver, they, have, they had a couple of guys there defensive tackle, they were really weak. They went out and got Devon Gotcha. They got Henry Anderson. They drafted uh, Christian Barmore. Really, it looks like they, they identified their needs and they went out and, and addressed them. Now, the biggest question with this is this typically isn't the way that you build successful teams in the NFL. Most teams that you see that go out and spend big in free agency don't end up being nearly as successful as, as they hoped that they would be. The thing is that most of those teams, or all of those teams, did not have Bill Belichick as their head coach. All of those teams did not have the kind of institutional stability and, and winning culture and, and whatever you want to put in that category that the Patriots have. So uh, I do think that they have a better chance of succeeding than a lot of those organizations, but they would have to kind of buck some recent trends to, uh, uh, to do that. All right, Zach, we got about a minute left. Speaking of Buffalo, they are the favorite to win the division, as we mentioned, minus 155. If there's going to be a reason that Buffalo doesn't end up winning the division, barring injuries, what do you think it could be? Uh, I think it would be, I don't know, maybe some slight regression from, from Josh Allen, which, which I'm not expecting. I, I do expect him to be one of, the, uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL again this year, and then maybe just some significant improvement from either the, the Patriots or the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins, up until the last few weeks of, la of last season, were right there in the mix with the Bills uh, in the race for that uh, ASU's championship. So uh, I think you'll see the Patriots and you'll see the Dolphins both in the mix with the Bills into pretty deep into this season. And if either of, the, if either of those teams shows even moderate improvement, uh, I think this could be a, a very tight divisional race. But, yeah, if I was putting money on that, my money absolutely would be on the Buffalo Bills right now. Patriots beat writer Zach Cox, ladies and gentlemen. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Zach Cox Nesson. Great work when it comes to covering up, up the Patriots and Foxborough. Look, a lot of questions remain around this team as we talked about, Zach, but could be a good season up there in New England. So we appreciate you taking some time and look forward to a fun season. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
All righty, Zach Cox, again, Patriots beat writer. You can also catch him co-hosting Nesson Patriots podcast at Zach Cox Nesson on the tweets. But look, he's still sticking with the Buffalo Bills. They are the favorite, minus 155, and rightfully so. Doesn't seem like there's going to be regression, but if there is going to be a reason why maybe they don't end up at the top of the division, as he talked about, maybe you're seeing Josh Allen take a step back. But even more so, maybe you just see vast improvements from a team like New England, from a team like Miami. Miami's 3-1 to one to win the division. New England plus 325. And how could we forget about the Jets? They're at the bottom at 25-1. to one. But look, AFC East could be interesting with those top three teams. Realistically going to be Buffalo. Patriots, again, could have exciting times ahead. All right, we'll keep doing that really throughout the week. Tomorrow we'll focus on a betting profile with the Colts. But let's kind of take it back, talk some college football. Northwestern Wildcats preview next here on Rush Hour. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Eason football betting guides are coming soon, and there's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts are providing profiles of every single team, along with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. And each guide is only 20 bucks, and discounts are available when you buy both. So now is the perfect time to reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Well, welcome back to it. It is Rush Hour here on VCD Sports Betting Network. And we're talking about the football guide. Look, the college one's out right now, baby. So great information all around. Steve Mack and a big shout out to Steve. Fantastic work with the numbers for really every sport he handicaps from college football to NASCAR. But did great work when it comes to college football for the upcoming season. It was a strange, wonky year last year. But now we have some more kind of stability, right? I mean, we have a lot more to look forward to and can understand what to expect potentially out of this college football season. And since we are located in the Chicagoland area, we like to focus on the Big Ten a little bit more so than some of the other conferences. It's a little bit more familiar for myself and also here around the area, obviously. So I wanted to start out previewing one team in the Big Ten and that one being very close to us in Evanston, and that's Northwestern Wildcats. Now, not only just because of location did I want to talk about this team, but more so because I think there actually could be some good angles to look at betting-wise for Northwestern. Now, at Bet Rivers, at least, their win total stands at about six. Now, full disclosure, remember, in the state of Illinois, currently you can't bet on in-state schools. Hopefully something with that gets altered soon enough. But for everyone else out there, the win total at about six, shaded to the over, minus 134, the under, plus 105. Their odds to win the Big Ten West you're seeing at about 8-1 to one to win the Big Ten, 33-1. Now, certainly Northwestern had a successful season this last year. I mean, their defense was incredible, arguably one of the best uh, in their really just school's history. I mean, it was just unbelievable what they were able to do, allowing just 16 points per game. The thing is with them defensively is they have so much to replace on that side of the ball and even more offensively. Now, again, you can get more info on this. Steve Mackinnon dives deep into it with the college football betting guides on page 114 if you want to check it out. In terms of what they're bringing back, nine starters is Northwestern bringing back this upcoming season, four offensively and five defensively. Now, just looking at the power ratings, 47.5 is what Steve has them listed at. 42nd team out of 130, and some notable trends there on the screen. 13 and 2 ATS for last 15 games as Road Dogs. 2 and 13 ATS last 15 at home versus the MAC Conference. So again, kind of just random ones to throw out there, but uh, have been successful if you've been going the right way with them. The under is 33 and 10 in the last 43 games as a home favorite for Northwestern, and that's due in large part to like we talked about with that dominant defense. Now, a big question also with Northwestern offensively is who's going to be the starter? Is it going to be Helinski, the transfer from South Carolina, or is it going to be Hunter Johnson? Now, if you remember, Hunter Johnson was pretty highly touted when he went to Clemson, transferred and played a little bit in that 3-9 and nine season for Northwestern a couple years ago, who for just 432 yards, one touchdown, and four interceptions. Realistically, it seems like it's going to be Ryan Helinski as the starting quarterback you got to replace Peyton Ramsey. And again, as good as Northwestern was last season to get them to the championship game, the conference championship game, you know, it was because of that big defense. But they have to replace players at all three levels. The secondary should be good. They're going to be able to plug and play some guys in there. Linebacking crew maybe see a little bit of an adjustment. And in the trenches, they typically do a good job at replacing there as well. 
I don't think it's going to be that good of a year for Northwestern, however. I think the defense, you know, it was almost a statistical anomaly that they were able to do that well and to replicate it with having to replace so many guys seems like such a tough task to do at the collegiate level. So expect a little bit of a regression defensively, and it's not going to be enough to push them to the spot they were last year. The Big Ten West should be a little bit better all throughout. We can expect Wisconsin improves. Minnesota can improve, and Iowa still remains as one of the top teams. And offensively, I just don't see that much improvement either. So I think it's going to be a tougher year for Northwestern. With the win total at six, I don't really like it one direction or the other too much. If you could find a six and a half out there, I think I'd lean toward the under with Northwestern this upcoming year. I think they could take a little bit of a slide back. It's always tough to bet against Pat Fitzgerald in the foundation that he's laid there in Evanston, especially after this past season. I'm not going to say it's going to be what it was in 2019, but I do think they take a little bit of a step back this upcoming season in Evanston. So if you get the six and a half, maybe gravitate toward the under six. Probably standing pat with that number, but six and a half would look toward the under with Northwestern. The defense will still be good. Offense will not be good enough. All righty, let's go to the NFL once again when we return here on Rush Hour. More quarterback props with a couple of players who are playing for each other's past teams. We'll let you know what those are next. And we got some baseball talk with Amal Shaw. Stick around. Plenty to come here on Rush Hour. out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams. Only at your hometown sportsbook and to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts. Check them all out. BetRivers.com Back at it here on Rush Hour on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us this Monday evening. Plenty of exciting news throughout the NBA as we discussed the beginning of the show. If we have some time, we'll get back to it with Amal Shaw, co-host of The Nuts right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. He'll be joining us in about 10 minutes or so. We'll talk tonight's Major League Baseball slate. And again, if we have time, we'll squeeze in some more NBA action. And of course, if we have breaking news, we'll let you know about it as well. But I wanted to get back into the NFL because like we've been doing, we've been rifling through some of these player props. And I wanted to get into the quarterbacks once again because we have so many to hit. And we're getting closer to the season. It's exciting. But uh, let's see if we have some good opportunities with this group of quarterbacks in terms of their passing yards prop. These odds courtesy of Bet Rivers. Now let's start with Matthew Stafford out on the West Coast. New team with the Rams. And he's got a great crew around him. His total passing yards prop. 4,600 and a half, the over-under, minus 112 each way at Bet Rivers. Now, in nine seasons, he's played all 16 games in his career. So that's not saying that he's only played the nine seasons, but in nine seasons throughout his tenure, he has played in all 16 games. And out of those nine, he has gone over this mark of 4,600 and a half in three seasons. That was 2011, 2012, and 2013. 
but more recently looking at what he did with the Lions this past year in 2020. In 16 games with Detroit, passed for 4,084 passing yards, averaged about 255 yards per game. Now if we adjusted that with 17 games, he would have about 4,340, so still certainly a lot more shy of going over 4,600 and a half. But you also have to consider the team he was playing for and who he was throwing to. TJ Hawkinson, yes, he's going to be a solid tight end, but you know, not necessarily to the point where you needed him to be. Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, you only had him for five games. Danny Amendola and Quintez Cephas. So, of course, not a star-studded group up there in Detroit for Matty Stafford this past season. Now he'll be thrown to Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Deshaun Jackson, and Tyler Higby in a better offense with a better offensive line and just an overall better team. Now, if you look at him surrounded with great talent, what he has done in the past, and maybe great's a little bit too heavy of a term, but Calvin Johnson, obviously a great receiver back in 2011, also had Nate Burleson, Titus Young, and Brandon Pettigrew. That's when he threw for over 5,000 passing yards. Now, I would argue that the cumulative group that is presented on the Rams would be better than that group. Obviously, Calvin Johnson the best, but the side piece is better in Los Angeles. When you look at who the Rams are going to be facing this year defensively, they will face seven defenses that ranked in the bottom half of DVOA pass defenses past year. And what's kind of funny, too, is the out-of-division uh, schedule that they'll be seeing is a familiar face all around, many familiar faces, being the NFC North, where he'll go up against the Bears, Packers, and the Lions each this season. Familiarity for Matt Stafford with some defenses he could potentially pick apart, specifically being Green Bay and Detroit. I'm not infatuated with looking at Matt Stafford in his passing yards prop at 4,600 and a half. I certainly would be more inclined to look toward over rather than under, but I, I kind of would rather be looking at his total touchdowns, right? I, I think there's a lot of opportunity there, specifically with the injury in the backfield to Akers. Not that they wouldn't be throwing a lot more anyways, but he still racked up 26 passing touchdowns last year with Detroit. Now he actually has weapons around him. I think that would be an interesting number to look at. If you can find that, maybe more of an intrigue in Matt Stafford's total passing touchdowns. But again, in terms of his passing yards, it's going to be a no play for me, but a slight lean to the over for Matt Stafford. Now let's look at his replacement, so to speak, going to Detroit being Jared Goff as they're flipping teams. And Jared Goff, his passing yards prop, a little bit different here. Uh, 4050 and a half for Goff. Over is even money. The under is the favorite, minus 124. So in four out of five seasons, he has started at least 15 games. And out of those four seasons, he's gone over this mark in two of them. Looking more recently in 2020, played 15 games, racked up 3,952 passing yards, averaged about 263.5 yards per game. Now, of course, if you put it to 17 games, would have got just under 4,500 passing yards. But this season's a completely different story because he's going to be thrown to Tyrell Williams, Rashad Perriman, Quintus Cephas, DeAndre Swift with the dump passes, and TJ Hawkinson still a part of the team, could be the number one guy in terms of passing yards, or obviously Quintus Cephas if he can have a breakout season in his early career. Now, they're only going to be facing five teams this season that finish in the bottom half of DVOA pass defense. So it's going to be tough for Detroit all around. There's no questioning that. That's the expectation. That's why you know they have some of the shorter odds to finish with the worst record and why everybody's loving to bet they're under on the win total. The over-even money is intriguing just because of that price, right? And it's such a low number, and you think that maybe some of these guys could come about and that would get them over the mark. But I think the safer bet still 
would maybe be to looking under with Jared Goff. It seems like the easy option. It seems like, you know, the simple answer considering he's on a tough team. But realistically, that's going to be the case. And for the fact that his receiving crew is only going to get worse, the teams he's going up against are going to have pretty solid defenses. Goff is probably going to have a slow year. We didn't really have that much trust in him this past season, right? I mean, there was just not that much confidence in him. He wasn't that great this past year, hence why we're not seeing him in a Los Angeles Rams uniform once again. So probably gravitating to the under with Goff. Not really loving to lay the minus 124, but that's the way I would lean. Now, this next guy, though, let's talk about Derek Carr because he is someone that, if anything, out of these three guys, I would probably have the most conviction. And I would look over for Derek Carr and his passing yards. The over has a solid price compared to some of the other ones of even money. The number's listed at 4100 and a half. Now, he's only gone over this mark just once in his career, and that was his past season where he racked the 4,103 passing yards, averaged about 256 per game. So, look, he's played in all 16 games in his career except for twice. We know the injuries he's dealt with and getting taken out of games early. But, look, if we adjusted his totals from this past year to 17 games, he would rack up over 4,300 passing yards. And the receiving crew isn't too shabby either. Certainly you have Henry Ruggs back in the mix. Uh, Brian Edwards, John Brown you're bringing over from Buffalo. Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs with dump-offs. Kenyon Drake also and Jalen Richard. Pretty solid crew in terms of the backfield are also going to be facing seven teams that finished in the bottom half of DVOA pass defenses past season. So based off of the price and based off of what potential this offense could have and the extended season, of course, of 17 games, I think with the over at even money, you take a look at Derek Carr over 4,100 and a half passing yards. They're probably going to be trailing in a lot of games as well. Thus, we'll be having to pass the ball more. That's the way I'd be looking out of those quarterbacks. We're going to switch it up next as we wrap up another edition of Rush Hour. Amal Shaw talking baseball. Stick around here on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams, only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts. Remember to check them out. BetRivers.com. Alrighty, we are wrapping up a Monday edition of Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us tonight. We are live, as always, out of the Baton River Sportsbook. Plenty of news throughout the NFL and NBA today, but it's time to look forward to some of tonight's later MLB slate. And for that, we bring on co-host of the Nuts right here on VEASAN, and that's Amal Shaw. And you can follow him on the tweets at Shaw one Maul, we appreciate you making some time. Certainly a lot of news over this past weekend, or really Friday, rather, in terms of Major League Baseball. So uh, after we run through these games, I want to get your thoughts on some of the futures market. But starting with tonight, let's talk about this Angels and Rangers game. Now, this one's kind of fascinating in the sense of the pitching matchup, right? You're getting Chris Rodriguez, who really hasn't had that much action on the diamond this season. Dane Dunning, on the other side, hasn't been too bad for Texas, a 3.68 XFIP. And you're seeing the Angels as a very slight favorite at Bet Rivers, minus 112, the Rangers minus 105. This total really hasn't altered. Eight and a half is what we're seeing. Any strong feeling in this matchup for you? No, not really. You look at Rodriguez in the last six appearances since the end of April, he's only gone an inning, so I don't expect him to be in this game that long. That's a concern from that perspective. Uh, in terms of Dane Dunning, you know, the whip's a little bit alarming at 1.41, but uh, this is probably not a game I'm going to get involved in. Danny, I have to tell you, I think I've probably been involved in one to maybe two Texas Rangers games all season long, and this is going to be another stay-away spot, especially with them moving on from Kyle Gibson. It becomes tough to back them in so many spots. You just don't have the quality pitching. Joey Gallo now with the Yankees. You lose that left-handed power bat in the lineup, so it's going to be a challenge when you look at this team going forward. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I don't think I've been involved with the Rangers once this season, and that was kind of my mantra with the Angels as well because they were such a hard team to trust. And I finally bet on them once, and then Otani was out of the lineup, still stuck with it, 
and they blew a four-run lead. That's a Joe Madden special for you, especially with this bullpen in Los Angeles. Has that kind of been a difficult thing for you, betting on the Angels, or have you been maybe fading them and taking advantage going against them? Because obviously, you know, if that's the case, you could always look at the first five innings so you don't have to rely on the bullpen. But what's been your strategy on the West Coast with the Angels? I, you know, I haven't been involved in too many Angels games. I tend to be more of a National League guy. I also tend to focus in on certain teams more than others. Uh, Angels are a team with a lack of consistency. You haven't played them a lot this year on or against them. Uh, I think it's a little bit easier, at least for me personally, whether it's in college football, you focus in on certain conferences. Major League Baseball, you can hone in on certain teams. You get a little bit of a sense for them. You get a more of a feel for them in terms of how the manager is going to put the bullpen, what the lineup situation is going to be. That helps you going forward. Yeah, no doubt about that. And speaking of the National League, a team that has been obviously a very successful betting squad is the Milwaukee Brewers. And tonight may be a little bit harder in the sense of the odds because they are going up against the Pirates. So we're seeing Milwaukee upwards to minus 240 as the favorite. Pittsburgh catching 2-1 to one as the dog. This total is at nine. You're getting Eric Lauer, the southpaw, taking the bump for Milwaukee. Three and four this year. Uh, 4.27 xFIP, so a little bit higher than his ERA of 3.78. But the Brewers just dismantled the Pirates in the series they just had, which was just last week. And, you know, they pretty much crushed them in every game. 9-0, 7-3, 12-0, and all those taking place in Pittsburgh. Do we see more dominance continue with Milwaukee tonight? I do, and Danny, the first question I would ask you is what's the uh, brew crew on the run line right now? Because the price has gotten too out of control if you're looking at taking Milwaukee at this point in time. Uh, Pirates struggled yesterday, got absolutely crushed by Kyle Gibson making his first start for the Phillies. They win that game 15-4. to I have to tell you, Danny, I thought that bet yesterday on the Phillies, uh, plus 105 on the run line, uh, was one of the best bets of the baseball season. They lost the first two at PNC, bounced back nicely. In this particular matchup here, you got Bryce Wilson, who was a former Atlanta uh, Braves uh, start, kind of a starting guy, middle relief rotation guy for them. Inconsistent. Lauer's much better. You look at also the concern you have with Wilson is the ER, excuse me, the whip around one and a half. Uh, that's a little bit alarming. But here's the problem with Milwaukee. This team cannot hit consistently, and I didn't think they were going to stamp out with their rotation. I think they have a good enough three-man rotation in the postseason to be able to make uh, noise. But they need a bat in that lineup. For Yelich has got to get going. Jackie Bradley right now in the seven or eight spots, an automatic out every night. Uh, they just don't have the consistency. It would be hard for me to lay this, lay this number with the Brew Crew. I'd have to look at the run line here if I was going to take them. Yeah, so the run line we're seeing right now, Amal, is about minus 127. And I think I've asked you this before when we talk about run lines, if it's worth yeah. to lay a price with it. And you mentioned how you know seldom do these games really fall just one run apart from each other. So would you be willing to lay that in this spot with Milwaukee? If I were to take it, I would have to go run line only here because otherwise you're paying too high of a price. And we know so many things can happen. Look at the Blue, uh, the Blue Jays today. They were a 250 favorite against the Indians. They end up losing in 10 innings by a final of 5-2. to two. So to me, if you're going to take it, I generally don't like a minus minus on a run line here. So, for example, right now you've got uh, Brew Crew Lane, $1.27, as you alluded to. I think there's probably maybe plays that you can lay off of or stay away from in this one as an example of it to me, unless you really just love this game with Lauer on the mound. Again, Wilson is a guy that's not particularly effective. Pirates, not really a lot in that lineup. So I think there are some opportunities to exploit this Pittsburgh team throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, and we're kind of seeing a similar situation in the NL with this late matchup at 8.40 p.m. Central time that we're going to be seeing tonight. And it's the Giants and the Diamondbacks, another studly team going against an inferior squad in Arizona. And San Francisco, 
They're minus 210 on the money line, plus 175 for the home team in Arizona. When you uh, look at the run line here, if you want to lay the run and a half with San Fran, you're still laying minus 137. That one even skewed more so with the run line. Nine and a half is this total, Amal. I mean, again, you know, the Giants have been so hot, and we have to appreciate how great they've been, and you're getting the addition of Chris Bryant. But is that almost too steep to want to play it as well? Well, this one, is, a, is to me, would be a fairly easy one to take on the run line with the Giants on the road here. Dee Sclafani's been outstanding for San Francisco all season long. They take two out of three in comeback fashion against the Houston Astros. Now an opportunity to kind of just keep on marching along. Arizona, very hitter-friendly ballpark. When you look in the National League West, two out of the five ballparks are extremely hitter-friendly when you go to Coors in Denver and, of course, down at Chase in Phoenix. So the fact that you're going to be a road team, you're going to get nine full at-bats in this situation, an Arizona team that comes in at 33-73, and 73, I think it's a tough spot to back the Diamondbacks. If you're going to take the Giants, got to lay the run and a half here and feel comfortable doing it simply because it is a hitter-friendly ballpark. All right, and speaking of the Giants Mall, certainly like we just alluded to, Chris Bryant being an acquisition they had at the trade deadline, they were one of many teams to take advantage of the Cubs star players and just players in general throughout the league. Now, which team do you think made the best moves, in, or maybe, you know, maybe it's multiple teams, and which ones would you really circle out in terms of the futures market now that you could still take advantage of with a decent price? Well, I, I mean, I think it goes without saying the Los Angeles Dodgers won the trade deadline. You could go acquire Max Scherzer, but the funny thing that's not getting enough run right now is the fact that you bring in Trey Turner. This guy's playing an MVP caliber uh, season. You put him in that leadoff spot. That makes it so much easier now for Seager once he's back in the lineup healthy. Uh, Betts, Bellinger, it, it, this team just gets better and better. It pushes everybody down the lineup. And Trey Turner's a guy who's dangerous from that leadoff spot, not only getting on base, putting pressure on the pitcher because he will run, and then the ability to go yard as well, particularly when you look at some of these other teams that are going to be facing off potentially in the playoffs. He, he's going to be really put a lot of pressure on that defensive side of the ball for the opponent. So it's, it's clearly the Los Angeles Dodgers. But you look at the other teams. I like the acquisition of Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees. I don't think it's going to be enough to help them out, but I think he's a winning player that makes a difference in the lineup for them, whether it's offensively, defensively, or doing what you need to to make a winning play. Uh, of course, you look at the acquisition of KB to the, uh, as you alluded to, the San Francisco Giants. That helps them immensely because Longoria right now is just not the guy that he once was in uh, Tampa. But the one concern you have with KB is defensively. Can he still get it done when necessary? Longoria is probably a guy you look to make a defensive replacement on, 7th, 8th inning, or ninth uh, in those situations. And with Brandon Crawford on that left side of the infield, that makes you feel a little bit better with Bryant being a liability at times. Uh, but overall, I, I thought it was a runaway for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Padres needed to go out and get a pitcher. Right now, you look at Darvish, Denos and Lamette in the bullpen. Uh, Joe Musgrove is not a guy you're really going to count on in a one-game playoff situation. I'm just And Blake Snell, he never goes more than five innings in a game anyway. So it's hard to really look at the Padres with extreme confidence with the way this lineup is structured. It's great. But then defensively, who's going to be the pitcher outside of that bullpen? The bullpen is, in my opinion, maybe not be statistical, but you look at pitching-wise, top pitchers, uh, that bullpen is lights out. But you don't want to have to necessarily rely on that throughout the entire the remainder of two months and then into the postseason. Now, Amal, we got about a minute left, though, but looking on the side of the American League, I know you touched on the Yankees. What about a team like the yeah. White Sox, who had great additions to their bullpen with Tapera and then obviously Kimbrell, and then you're getting Hernandez at second base? Is this White Sox team now a legit contender in your eyes? 100%. I thought they were all season long. And, uh, Danny, to your point, I kind of forgot about Chicago. I thought they were a huge winner that went under the radar at the trade deadline acquiring Craig Kimbrell. 
Kimbrell, he is so dominant in the ninth inning that you're in a situation, now you're playing an eight-inning game, and if you're Chicago, you turn it over to him. You feel like it's going to be curtains. So you really like the White Sox chances. If they're healthy enough with Anderson and Abreu near the top of that lineup, I think they become dangerous. Uh, you mentioned the addition at second base. Uh, I'm not necessarily overwhelmed by that, but I still think this team is extremely dangerous. And Houston is a team you have to keep an eye on. Of course, Tampa is uh, tough in the postseason as well. Amal Shaw, ladies and gentlemen, at Amal Shaw one on Twitter, co-host of the Nuts Monday through Friday right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Amal, appreciate the insight as always, my man. Take care. We'll look forward to talking some football soon enough with you here. Thank you very much. All right, there he is, Amal Shaw. And look, he talks about it with the World Series of White Sox. They're plus 550 to win the whole thing. And, you know, I talked about it on Friday. I took them 3-1 to one with a little bit of lunch money to win the AL pennant because you're right. I mean, you bring in Tapera to an already pretty solid bullpen. The middle relief is where the issues were. We knew that with Chicago. But you bring in Tapera, you got Craig Kimbrell, and then also Liam Hendricks going back back maybe the 8th and the ninth, just absolutely dominant with a team that's still looking forward to getting more offensive talent back. So things could be looking very, very upward on the south side of Chicago. Exciting times ahead here, especially because of the Bulls, too. Lonzo Ball going to Chicago. We'll keep you updated here on VEASAN throughout the rest of the night with all the acquisitions. But that's going to do it for us here on Rush Hour. Take care, and best of luck with your bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.